At the time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. Did you know that God has peaceful thoughts towards you? I find that it's interesting as you go through the rhythms of life when I was a child, I always imagined God being mad at me. I can remember a certain Christmas. I was in a pageant kind of like this, a little bit different, a Christmas pageant. And my dad was a pastor on staff at a large church in Houston, Texas. And as part of that, we had rehearsals and things of that nature to prepare for the big event. And I can remember one rehearsal uh, because I felt like it. I dropped my trousers and mooned everybody. I said this in the first service and they were like, did he just say he mooned somebody? That is the truth. I actually did. But I, I remember out of that, man, I just felt so, I mean, my, my dad actually chuckled, believe it or not. My dad handled it with grace and peace. But it, it's actually an interesting story because sometimes we need to view God differently. We need to understand that he's not at war with us. And I want to highlight, as I preach very briefly tonight, on that word peace. What were the angels actually saying? They were saying, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. I want to start with that with a story of a guy named Hiro Anoka. He was a Japanese fighter in World War II. And he was fighting against the Allies, that of course being the U.S. and the Philippine Islands. He was dispatched there. And as it goes, Anoka and his, his soldiers were losing battles left and right. And his commanding officer said, get lost, get in the mountains, we'll try to find you later. And so he goes off into the mountains and he, he survives. A year goes by, the war is actually over. The Allies have won the war in 1945. But there's Anoka, he's still back in the mountains, surviving. The next year goes by and he sees pamphlets all over the island as he goes back into the town of the Philippines in, in, in the town that he was near. And he would go in there and he'd see all these flyers telling him, yep, the war's over, the war's over, the war's over. But he didn't believe it. 
So as time goes on, year after year, 30 years later, true story, 30 years later, 30 years in the mountains just surviving in survival training, a young Japanese gentleman comes and finds him and says, you know the war is over. And he convinced him and it, that his commanding officer who was still alive had given him that order. He finally came out. He was the last survivor. And it, in a moment, that, as the story goes, he was, he was filled with relief and then anger. Relief that the war was really over, but angry that he'd been robbed for 30 years when he could have been in the mainland living in peace, living with all of the privileges of being in peacetime, yet living like the war was over. And I thought, you know, what a perfect illustration for so many people who live and feel like the war is still on. There's so many people in our world today who believe that God is at war with them. But here's the good news of Jesus' birth and his death is that the war was exhausted on Jesus. That little baby boy that came was born to die for our sin. See, our sin put us at war with God. And when I realized how good God was, I realized the war was over. He purchased my freedom on that cross. So what is it, peace? What does that mean? I used to think, gosh, that was the absence of war. When I would hear someone say, yeah, well, I want peace, that was the absence of war. But the Bible has a deeper, deeper connotation of what peace actually is. It's what the angels were shouting. In the Greek, it's irene. And what it means is wholeness. It's more than just the absence of war, it's wholeness. And in those times when the Bible was written in the New Testament that was written in Greek, but it was spoken in Hebrew. The people spoke in Hebrew. And the Hebrew word was shalom. And shalom is even more than completeness. It's, it's wholeness. It's health. It's healing. It's nothing missing, nothing broken. And so what the angels were shouting is, here's this little baby boy that's going to take your mess and make a message. It's going to take your test and create a testimony. And it's going to redeem the lost, the people that don't know God. They don't know the good news. And so you may have heard the gospel message before. You may have heard, you said, Ryan, I've, I know that Jesus died for humanity's sins. I know that he died for other people's healing. But one day, Revelation's going to come right in here. And one day, you're going to get the peace of God comes on you. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Grace, divine favor. I receive that today. I receive that. I've heard that story before, but all of a sudden, I get it. I get it. God's grace is divine influence on your heart. It's more than just unmerited favor. It is the Spirit of God literally flowing through you and for you because the war was exhausted on Jesus' body. By His stripes, you're healed. Here's what peace is. Peace is nothing missing, nothing broken. So what heaven announces with the angels, and this gets, to me, this gets me excited, what happens is the angels announce that heaven is on earth. See, we don't need peace in heaven. Folks, we need peace on earth. We need peace in our hearts. We need peace because our sin wars against our flesh. But a Savior came and said, Ali, Ali, income free. 
I'm free. Shalom means nothing missing, nothing broken. So where your job is broken, Jesus says, peace, be still to that storm. He says, shalom, completeness, healing, prosperity. Relationships are broken. Ryan, my mindsets are all messed up. I, 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 I can't even think straight. And Jesus says, peace, be still. Jesus said in John 14, peace I give you, not as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled. I've met a lot of people who can buy peace with their money, but they can't buy peace with their relationships. That's peace that the world gives. The the peace that Jesus Christ gives transcends money. It transcends circumstances. It is completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. And wherever your situation is today, he can change that in an instant. That's shalom, grace and peace. All throughout the New Testament, it says grace and peace. 17 books in the Bible, 17 books in the New Testament start in the first chapter. All after Acts and starting with Romans all the way through to Revelation, 17 of those books, minus Hebrew and James, all start in the first chapter. It says grace and peace to you. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. What does that mean? It means... I died for your sins to get you off the hook, and I bought you more than that. I've redeemed you. I've healed you. I've set you free of bad thinking. I've set you free of your circumstances. And what is done on earth was done in heaven. What was announced in heaven can be announced on earth. We don't need peace in heaven. We need peace here. When we get to heaven, we'll be in constant peace. He redeems what was broken. Can I get an amen? So with this and your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I want to ask you two questions. One, are you at peace with God? Number two, do you have the peace of God? Because you can't have the peace of God until you have peace with God. And remember that Jesus satisfied the penalty for our sin on the cross. He satisfied that. God is a righteous God. He demands penalty for sin. God satisfied that wrath on Jesus. The war is now over. What we have to do is receive that by grace. That's what grace is. Grace is a person. His name is Jesus. And when you receive him, you are now at peace with God. If you say, Ryan, I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven. I don't know if I'm at peace with God. In fact, I've been warring with him a lot. With heads bowed, eyes closed. We had a number of them in the first service, but I just want to give you that opportunity. That's what the good news really is, being at peace with God. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You say, Ryan, I want, I want to be at peace. Anyone in this room? Anyone else? Anyone? Thank you. Now you say, Ryan, I want to be at peace have the peace of God. Peace of God means that your circumstances today can change just like that. So when life struggles come against you and you're in a tremendous amount of fear, you can receive his shalom. The biggest problem with receiving good news and grace is we have a hard time. We make 
a lot of excuses of just being bad receivers. We need to just receive it. The goodness of God. He's a good God. We just need to learn to receive his shalom. Receive his wholeness. Because you see, where you lack, he has wealth. Where you need healing, he has health. Where you need salvation, he is the savior. So wherever you lack, he is more than enough. He is your provider. That is the good news. And he set us free from sin and death. It is appointed unto man once to die, but when we die, we have eternal life with him. This is such a, an awesome revelation. The peace of God can be here in your heart, and no matter how everyone else is, if you want to receive peace of God, you've got to give it all to him. You can't keep running the show the way you've always done it and expect to live in the peace of God. The peace of God comes as we receive it like a little child. You say, Ryan, I've been striving a lot. I know God, I know Jesus, but I'm not living in the peace of God. If, you, if that's you, please raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Thank you back there. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. I'm going to pray over you right now. Father, I thank you for the people who want to enter in your peace this Christmas. It's the greatest gift that they could have is to walk in your grace, in your peace. That is your presence, the presence of Jesus Christ, that the Holy Spirit, Lord, I just ask that you touch them right now, right where they're at, and where they're in tremendous amounts of fear, I ask that you break that fear, that you bestow that peace, that they receive that peace, that you've bequeathed to them, and they don't strive against it anymore. It'll help them live the life that you've called them to live. And in God's power, I consider it done. Amen. As we get ready to sing Silent Night, we're going to close with that. I'm going to ask that you stand. The Bible says to let the peace of God rule and reign in your heart. Let that peace rule and reign. It means that you can lose your peace, but you need to hold your peace. And as we go and we bless the Lord on the way out tonight... Remember what that silent night really meant. It's not about gifts. It's about the gift, Jesus.